So USC and her oldest rival will match up on Saturday uh, for the entire country to see. And following practice on Wednesday, according to linebacker transfer Eric Gentry, USC isn't here to beat Rice and Stanford. We're going to talk about that on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day, whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. We're free, and we appreciate you coming along for the ride. Remember, without you watching or listening, this show is just a waste of my time. So, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you like the show. If you don't like the show, hit the subscribe button and tell me what you do and what you don't like. If you're listening for free on one of your favorite podcast platforms, go ahead and uh, reach out to me at Twitter at Mark Culkin. All right, so Wednesday, um, I'm going to do a little quick practice review here. Uh, and if you want the full practice report, you can head on over to wersc.com. But first, you know, Locked on USC is your first listen. This is where you're going to come, where I'm going to give you all your notes and information in 30 minutes or less. So um, don't ever let anyone tell you that California has a dry heat Wednesday was a really miserable day for these uh, for the team. Forget the press. I was miserable. But uh, fortunately, they were out there in shorts and shells. And it's a good thing because it was, you know, the thermometer at 97 degrees. You had 40% humidity. Um, literally, when practice was over, some of the guys looked like they had just wore their gear into the shower or jumped in the pool and got out. Um they were soaked through. And I know that feeling. If you're a, if you sweat profusely like I do um, and to, and you don't react well with humidity. In other words, you turn into a big old bear uh, like I do. I'm not a pleasant person to be around. Um, That's what today's weather. That's what Wednesday's weather was like. And those guys were out there and, you know, by the time they're done practicing, they take off everything. They look like their clothes were cling wrapped to them. That's how soaked to the bone they were in sweat. And I'm sure they were squirting some water bottles on themselves. But nevertheless, um, they had a very rough physical Wednesday um, heading into their game against Stanford on Saturday. So uh, Alex Grinch was always talking about physical strain Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then they uh, they dial back the physicality on Thursday, but they dial up the uh, mental strain on Thursday. He actually spoke about that after practice. Um, where their tempo, you know, they'll do more of a walkthrough, but the tempo is actually faster than game speed. And this is where they're kind of testing the, the, their their mental, uh, they're straining their mental to make sure they don't create any mistakes by going faster than they need to. Putting them in those types of unique situations. Good stuff uh, from, from defensive coordinator Alex Grinch today after practice. Uh, I mentioned that it was pretty physical. Um the uh, the linebackers, you know, I just noticed today when, when Coach Brian Odom came out, linebacker coach, 
big old bubble in his cheek. I was like, man, has he got a big old thing of chaw or chew? Or I'm hoping it was some big league gubble gum, bubble gum chew. Uh, because, man, some bad stuff to have that stuff going on in there. And that comes from a an ex-smoker. So, you know, anyways, I digress. Uh, but again, they were, you know, coach was uh, pretty adamant with the way, with his uh, teaching and his his drill today. He wanted the guys attacking the the pad that he was holding. When they were diving and tackling at it, they had to go at a certain angle, and he was making sure that message got across loud and clear. Uh, there was a uh, lots of scout team work for the defense today as well. Um, I didn't see any mistakes, which was, again, we, they, they limit our access. So in the time that we were in there, um, I didn't see anything. Uh, that caused them to stop practice like they did on Tuesday and have to line up and run some wind sprints. So that's a good thing. And uh, Baghdad Bob made his first appearance here at uh, practice. Miraculously, there was a, through the power of positive thought and not mentioning any names, there are no more injuries. Yes, I'm sure you hear the sarcasm. Um, unless Lincoln Riley talks about the players who are injured, who are injured, uh, I cannot talk about players who are injured or even wearing yellow jerseys. So if you're walking around campus and uh, you see a player, let me know. We'll set up an 800 hotline. That way I'm not reporting on it. You're reporting on it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to uh, rock the boat. But uh, hey, you know what? If Lincoln Riley thinks that's advantageous, um, more power to him. I was reading a report uh, earlier today about David Shaw. Uh, he was talking about some of his players who, uh, you know, he, he's concerned about will they be a, will they be available on Saturday? So, anyways, moving forward. Um, oh, I, I think uh, Alex Grinch has finally caught the Solomon Tuliao Pupu bug. Um, he sees a bright future for Solo. Uh, he got he he specifically pointed him out after practice today about just the hard work that that he's put in and and how he's finding himself as a, a pretty big time major player in the rotation now on the defensive line. So keep an eye on that, um, especially with the uh, with Dejon Benton most likely not going to be available on Saturday. Uh, Solo's time will probably increase. I see Nick Figueroa probably stepping right back into the starting role um, before that, though. So uh, there's not a lot of depth, but uh, look, next man up. And if Solo's found a new home, going from moving up from linebacker up to defensive line, wouldn't this be a great story by the end of the year? Man, I know I am. Uh, as you know, uh, Alex Grinch works with the safeties. And he was pretty happy today during their uh, during their dr drill work. They were doing some backpedaling drills today where he, you know, coach directs the guys with the ball, which way to go, backward, forward, left, right. And he went through three cycles through the whole group. And when he finally threw the bat, you know, threw the ball, no one dropped the pass. They all intercepted the ball. Um, so he was pretty stoked about that. And then when they shifted to the deep ball backpedal, <laughs> Of course, the first guy up, first rep, 
drops the easy one. So, uh, but that was the only time it that that happened. So uh, he got a do over at the end, and I think overall, uh, Coach Grinch was happy with his uh, safety group. Uh, is there anything that Tuli Tuli Apolotu cannot do? Real quick uh, observation from practice today, as he was running from one drill going to the next, he picked up a football. And he, from about 40 yards, he threw it through the uprights. But he hit his target. And I'm, he hit the goalpost, the upright, the, but not the outside uprights. For during practice, they they erected some inside, um, the, the, the regular ones. And those are, the, those are for target practice for the kickers. Truly threw a 40-yard spiral and, and hit the bullseye in the middle. Maybe he will be the emergency quarterback. Heaven forbid that ever happens. It needs to happen. And I also asked Cortland Ford um, the tough question after practice since uh, Lincoln Riley ha- is having a tough time deciding who should be his starting left tackle. And I asked, uh, I, you know, I asked him about his mindset and you know what him his his competition with Bobby Haskins for that starting role. And Cortland said, quote, I've just tried to bring my best every day, just trying to work the details and just make sure I'm locked in. Keyed in on what I'm supposed to do every day. There's always going to be things to improve on, and I'm always going to seek perfection. So you know what? That's the best way of looking to the upside. You, you can't, he's not going to say anything negative. He, all these guys have been trained to, to speak um, a certain way when the uh, press presses when the media presses a certain type of uh, angle and everybody knows this is kind of a, not a hot button issue, but it's maybe it's on the, it's a warm button issue. All the other offensive linemen seem to have separated themselves. The left tackle position, uh, they're making Cortland and Bobby Haskins work extra hard. But again, there's some upside to that. Iron sharpens iron, right? You know what else is there's some upside to? Uh, Locked on USC has a new sponsor and everybody's feeling this. I'm feeling this just like you are from cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries or dines out. With every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. How easy is the app to use? <clears throat> it's it's really, it's too good to be true. Um, upside is a no-brainer. What do you plan to do with all the cash back? Well, here, to get started, go to download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED <clears throat> and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. That's pretty cool, right? Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. 
That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. So, number 14 ranked USC is going to play their first Pac-12 game of the year road at Stanford. And I mentioned at the top, this is their oldest rival. Uh, These guys have been playing football going all the way back to 1905. 1905. It's a long time ago. Um, And recently in the last 10 games, uh, the two two schools have split the last 10 games. And that goes back to 2013. Um, The two teams did not meet in 2020, COVID. And that was the first time since 1945. And get this, USC has just has won just one of the last five meetings on the road at Stanford going back to 2010. Guess where USC is playing Saturday? That's right, up on the farm. So uh, on yesterday's show, and you know th- these two schools do not like each other. So we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit a couple of the bad losses um, that this series. You know, there's a lot of history between these guys. And there was a viewer or listener um, who reminded me of a game that wasn't even a loss. It was a tie. And that's how much that game bothered him. 1979, 21-21, USC and Stanford tied. USC actually had a lead. They gave it up. Let Stanford come back to win. Well, not win, but tie the score, 21-21. That's how the game ended. And USC, um, that was that kept them from having a perfect year. And if you go back and look at their out-of-conference schedule that season, I believe they beat uh, some pretty good teams. Go check it out. So, yeah, a tie is uh, like kissing your sister. It's brutal. You never want to do that. Against Colgate, um, and I'm bringing that up uh, because... USC and Stanford, um, they always play each other harder than they should. Well, Stanford always plays USC with more vim and vigor than they play other programs. And against Colgate, their first opponent, uh, yeah, they beat them 41 to 10, but maybe they were looking ahead to USC uh, because they lost the turnover battle by three. Um and just to kind of put that in a context, last year, Stanford, law, uh, for the entire year, year, was a minus 10 in the turnover battle. So USC will need to uh, to win that part of the game, win the turnovers. Uh, so whether it's the conventional t- type, uh, interceptions and fumbles, you know, I don't think we're going to get three pick sixes in this game. Uh, Stanford's quarterback... Tanner McKee did throw one against Colgate, so we'll find out. Um, or whether, you know, we can, USC's defense can do it by forcing punts. That is a turnover, turnover of downs. Um, as long as USC is forcing punts, you know, they're going to get those three or four extra possessions. And if they do that, they're going to win this game against Stanford easily. And if they do that throughout the year, they're going every game, period, because they're going to outscore everybody. I don't know if Stanford is good enough 
to score with USC this year. You know, they might do the same thing that Rice did. They might have their first couple series, that feeling out process where uh, they do some stuff and score. But I don't know if they can score with USC throughout the game for a full 60 minutes. Now, if USC starts turning the ball over, hey, we'll come back and you can say, oop, you were wrong. But I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, this team is really focused. So like I said, if, you know, if USC continues to create turnovers um, and get those three or four extra possessions, they're not just going to beat Stanford on Saturday. They're going to beat everybody on their schedule this year, period. End of story. Um, and that's not hyperbole. However, I will put a caveat. They do have to stay healthy. And that is a huge, huge thing because we've gone over this multiple times. A lot of talent on the roster but they're thin with depth, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, against Toothpaste U, Colgate, Stanford ran for 169 yards on 28 carries. Okay, not bad. 6.0 uh, average, I believe, is if you, if you do the math. Now, the first play of the game, uh, Emmett Smith's kid, EJ Smith, he went for an 87-yard touchdown run. Okay. Um, he would finish the day with 118 yards on 11 carries. So take away that 87-yard run, and all of a sudden, uh, Stanford had a hard time running the ball they, against Colgate. I'm going to go out on a limb, even with USC's depth issues, and say that they have better players than Colgate and should be able to cause the same type of issues for Stanford running the ball. And if they can do that, they're going to have a much easier time of beating Stanford. Um, you know, Alex Grinch, going back to his days, he was defensive coordinator at Washington State. So uh, he, he was asked if he knows what to expect from this, you know, from David Shaw's team. And he should know what to expect. Um, and he he was he said after practice, quote, I think the DNA hasn't changed much to, at all. Um, I, I think they have an expectation to play a physical brand of football. And it's on each defense each week to try and match that. And they make it very difficult to do that, end quote. So, you know, while Stanford is always going to continue to try and pound away um, with their that their physical style of running the ball, now they also have a very mature uh, junior quarterback, and they always have a quarterback, and typically a good one. Uh, the last couple of years, few years, they've been struggling. But uh, Tanner McKee, you know, he's coming to his own. He's more mature now. And he had a pretty good game against Colgate. Um, Alex said that, uh, you know, I, I should point this out. Um, he, You know, Alex said he brings another wrinkle to it that passing game. Uh, he has an NFL caliber arm. He can read the field very well. And um, that's going to be a, a challenge for USC's defense. So we'll, we'll see how that, that works out. Uh, bear with me here. I'm just kind of moving around while I pull out a charger. Uh, hopefully I can find it. 
I don't think I'm going to need them. We'll get through this here quickly. And so Grinch said, you know, it's going to make it, it's going to make from a coverage standpoint, it will make things difficult. He was 22 for 27 for 300 yards. So Rice will be, was that perfect warm up uh, for USC. But um, that 66 to 14 beatdown will also send a message uh, that this program uh, doesn't struggle in their opening games anymore. And if you go back uh, over there on wearesc.com, Eric McKinney pointed those out. In the last four or five first games, USC, even though they the scoreboard looked good, um, they struggled to win those games against UNLV and Western Michigan and Fresno State, yada, yada, yada. So uh, that 66-14 to 14 win really sent a message that there's a, they're a different team now. So, um, you know, Grinch, he basically said at the end that this is a unique opportunity for us, um, but it's also a unique opportunity for Stanford because now they have film on USC and how they attacked Rice, which have, you know, Rice and Stanford run similar concepts. So we'll see uh, if Stanford makes any adjustments coming in. And, you know, can USC carry over their new aggressive start from on the road from what they did at home. We're going to find out in just a few days. Now, the players also had some insight on Wednesday uh, for their game that's coming up against Stanford. And I think one of the, um, from Austin Jones, former Stanford Cardinal, now gets to wear the Cardinal and gold. Uh, he, he was asked, you know, if any of his former teammates have reached out to him. Uh, yeah, I've heard from them. I don't really uh, do the back and forth via text message. If you know what I'm saying, I give them all the same response. See you this weekend. So Austin Jones is a man of very few words. Um, very succinct. Uh, Eric Gentry, um, he might talk softly, uh, but he also sent a very strong message. Uh, he said this. Um, oh, we're not here to beat Rice and Stanford. We're here to win a national championship. So you, you heard me say that at the top of the show. Um, that's not arrogance. That's just a matter of fact. You know, these all these players that came to USC, any player who comes to USC, the goal, the bar is a national championship. Yeah, it feels good to beat the snot out of other teams, but you got to do that to get, to play in the big game. And that's what Eric Gentry wants everybody to understand. Um, so again, when he's talking softly, listen carefully because he's going to have a strong message. And he also talked about uh, playing alongside of Shane Lee uh, in that season over. He said, quote, playing alongside any of my teammates is amazing. We are a really, really tight group. Jake, all the time, uh, oh, excuse me, we joke all the time, laugh all the time. I mean, or around each other 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, you would think after fall camp, we have some time off, but we still like to hang around each other all the time. So it's great. I really was happy to see them get a pick six, but not just them, just the whole team in general. When we play with confidence and we play well, it's really hard to stop. I think that's a probably a good place to uh, to end this show. 
However, someone please get this message to Eric Gentry and I'll tell him if I see him with a big smile on my face and running away at the same time. Electric blue do-rags. I understand the purpose. You need a new color. Electric blue. It clashes with cardinal and gold. All right, everyone. Locked on USC is here with you five days a week. I'll be back again with another episode tomorrow. Thanks a lot for watching this episode or listening to the show. When you're done here, do me a favor. Head on over to wrsc.com. We've got a lot of content up there for you, including some recruiting information. USC had a decommitment. And uh, we hinted about that here on the show before. Braxton Myers, you can go find out why. And if is USC concerned? Maybe, maybe not. There could be some more commitments coming, but you got to get over there and check out that free one-week subscription to find out. Until then, until our next episode, everyone, you know what to do.